For initiative podcast volume number three special insert number four i am dm vince sitting alone this week as i'm doing a special insert on the new gygax magazine uh, issue number one is uh ready to hit the shelves as we're speaking and today i have sitting with me a former guest a former co-host and and my friend jason elliott the uh editor-in-chief of the magazine of gygax how you doing jason Hey, happy Super Bowl Sunday, Vince. That's right. Happy Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, we're doing this on Super Bowl Sunday right before the Super Bowl. Figured right. We're, we're stepping in all over the Puppy Bowl with this. <laughs> yeah, the Puppy Bowl. Oh, boy. So anyway, Jason, what have you been up to uh, with the magazine and everything? Just yeah, less I made a magazine. <laughs> yeah, the magazine. <laughs> That's what I've been up to. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I missed the Boxing Day because I was actually uh, unavailable to see it, but uh, how did that go? Why don't you tell me oh, about that? That's the cool thing is that if you go to GygaxMagazine.com, uh, we've preserved the video from that. It's still up. Oh, so, good. Yeah, it was cool. We worked with a company called Spreecast. It's a startup that is doing, uh, what do you call it, like, multi-user video so you can have lots of people on the screen at once and they were super helpful getting it uh, put in place for us and what we did was we had a live feed from the store and then we had uh, Luke and Ernie Gygax, Tim Kask and Jim Wampler come in remotely uh-huh. and you know we, d- we did the whole thing uh, it all got kicked off with a really cool song by Allie Gertz called Tonight it's a song she wrote about playing D&D and uh, so after we did all of the video, the recording of it has stayed up so people can go watch it. We've had about um, 15,000 views the last time I looked. Wow. Yeah, people – I think – you know, I, I, I got to say having Allie kick it off with her song was a really fun thing to do. Susan, uh, Susie the Banshee, our community manager, mm-hmm. had that idea and it really worked out. Well, yeah, I have to definitely check out the video. I wasn't aware that it was up there. I was like, oh, I missed it, and I didn't know. Uh, yeah, no, you can see the whole thing. Spreecast, and is that like Ustream or Justin TV? How yeah. Does... Oh, okay, yeah. good. It's, it's kind of a competitor somewhere in between like Ustream and Google Hangout because you can have mul- multiple people on the screen. Because what we wanted to do was when we did the Q&A after the unboxing, uh, we wanted to let people come on and appear on video you know, mm-hmm. as asking their questions. Oh, so so tell me about the event, how it was, the response, what your thoughts were as it was going on during the day. It was crazy. It was really good. I mean, before we did it, I was, you know, so nervous and worried about getting everything right. And I just basically told everybody else, look, we're going to screw stuff up. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like things are just going to go wrong on the day and we just have to kind of roll with it. And they did. You know, we had some little technical glitches here and there. But overall, it was just so cool. Um, we opened the store at one thirty. so we did the unboxing at the Brooklyn Strategist, which is a new um, – it's a game store in Carroll Gardens in Brooklyn, mm-hmm. but it's more like a gaming space. I mean they sell games, but what they really do is they have tons of tables set out for people to come in 
you know, do open gaming tables. They even have a uh, a geek chic sultan. You mm. know that like fifteen thousand dollar mega gaming table. Yeah, wow. they got it like donated. I forget exactly what the 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 deal was, but it's 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 really neat. So um, we did the unboxing at the Brooklyn Strategist. We opened the doors at one thirty, and there was a line like all the way down the block. A lot of people weren't able to get in. Um, but we actually had some overflow set up for them at a bar across the street, and the bar had set up like iron iron rations and grog. <laughs> nice. And they had gaming over there too, um, so that was good because it was a cold day. Uh, but yeah, so everybody came in. It was super packed. Uh, we did the uh, you know had everybody all around, and we had a big big screen on the wall so people could watch, and we were doing the countdown. Mm-hmm. So, because um, you know the website had a, a counter counting down to the time of the unboxing, and we're all ready to go, and I have the website up on there, and we're about to start the spreecast, and we did the countdown, you know, ten, nine, <laughs> eight, everybody's going along, three, two, one, five hundred server error, website crashes. Oh no! <laughs> I was like, oh my god, what am I going to do? I, I'm standing here getting ready to do this. I can't really go fix the website right now. Only I'm the one that fixes it. So, oh well. So, you know, we kind of go ahead and we do it anyways. We got the spreecast going. Mm-hmm. Um, unbeknownst to me, the website came right back up. But I was certain that the website was just down the whole time. And I was like, well, you know, what am I going to do? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, we did the unboxing. And it was really fun because uh, the very first – person to buy a magazine was a 10-year-old girl named Lucy. <laughs> so that was super cute. She had like, you know, the $10 bill in her hand. Um, and yeah, you know, so we sold a lot of magazines. We had a lot of games. We played uh, this one thing called Cube of Death, which is kind of like a geek nerd trivia game show thing. Right. Uh, uh, Stefan Procorni from Dwarvenforge, the CEO, the founder of Dwarvenforge, came down and ran this massive dungeon delve that had people kind of getting killed every 15 minutes, you know, sort of a Tower of Gygax style thing. Um, and we did a lot of giveaways. There was – I'm, I'm not going to try to like list exactly everything we gave away because I'm going to screw up and forget somebody. Yeah. But, I mean, it was really good stuff. And we had stuff from um, Aaliyah Tools, from – uh, Merck's miniatures. We had a bunch of Osric hardback books to give away. We had um, Harn maps. Um, uh, like I said, oh, there was this. There's this game called The Amazing Swordsmen and Sorcerers of Hyperborea. Oh wow! Really nice box set. So just tons of stuff. Really great um, giveaways from a lot of our advertisers, and uh, it ended up going pretty well. You know, we did a Q&A afterwards. We kind of split it up so that there was some Q&A in the store and there was some Q&A online because we couldn't really hear the people online with, you know, there was over 100 people in the store in this tiny little store. So we just decided let the online people talk online and we talked in person. And, uh, you know, it was really fun. I was there till midnight and I was exhausted and it was just a great day. I can imagine you got home and probably passed out after that after all the uh, excitement and uh, the adrenaline rush and everything. For like a day and a half, I passed out. <laughs> okay, so the unboxing's done. You you know you you probably next day you wake up after your after your you know day and a half of sleep, and I'm sure the next thought in your mind was, well, I hope everybody liked it and they're going to buy it. So, I assume the orders are, are being taken online. Did you get a great response? I mean, obviously you don't want to share numbers, but what was the overall response that you've gotten on from the online community so far? 
Yep. We turned the store on, you mm-hmm. know, as soon as we opened the box. Actually, Jim Wampler was sitting with his finger on the button to do that. <laughs> um, and he, you know, remembered to. Yeah. Good idea. <laughs> um, actually, the very first thing after the store went on after a few days or after a few hours was that international shipping was a problem. <laughs> so yeah, I actually yeah. ended up – basically, we have this – you know, you have to have an e-commerce cart and everything. And yes. the one we use – just really wasn't set up to handle things like subscriptions internationally. So uh, there was a little bit of trouble at the beginning because we didn't know how to charge people properly for it. But we got that fixed, you know, so everybody can buy subscriptions internationally now and the shipping is reasonable. It's not, you know, the 60 or $70 it was before. Yeah. Um, but, you know, now I think international subscriptions, I think it's like $8 to send each magazine. So whatever that oh, is right. times four. Oh, um, but basically, yeah, it's it's been a really good reception. We've sold a lot of uh, magazines, and they're all actually shipping out early next week, so probably about the time the podcast goes live because our magazines actually ship from our fulfillment house down in Florida, so we have to go through all this processing where we you know give them lists and stuff. Right, right. But, uh, but yeah, so people will be getting – other than the people who were at the store and bought their magazines there, um, everybody who bought them online will be getting them in their mail uh, in a few days. Awesome. So uh, we'll talk about people who haven't seen the unboxing or you know, pretty much under a rock. Uh, the magazine, number one, is going for eight ninety five cover price. Yep. Obviously, if you order more than one issue or you subscribe, you do get a slight discount on that. You, you don't get a bulk for ordering more than one. Oh, really? You don't? Oh, I'm sorry about that. No. <laughs> no. I apologize. No, we, we just – we have no way to do things like that. So um, – but, you know, for subscription, basically what we do for United States subscriptions is we offer free shipping. Um, you know, it's only a quarterly magazine. We honestly – when – hopefully one day we'll get really big and we'll be, you know, like a big company with salaries for everybody and we'll be doing great. And then we have a monthly magazine and we can give those crazy – like super discounts that some magazines do on subscriptions. Mm-hmm. But for right now, um, we honestly just can't afford to yet. Understood. So yeah. 95 and shipping uh, for international, you said it was like 6 to 8 bucks for international? But, but, I mean, most people are in the United States that are buying it. So, you know, in the United States, it costs like a dollar to have it sent to you. Oh, that's, that's not yeah, that I think, bad. I think it's a dollar five. And the quality of the magazine I'm holding in my hands right now is excellent. I mean, the cover and the back cover is pretty much... Better than half the Dragon magazines that were produced after 2000. So it's not like this is flimsy. This shaking it, it's not a flimsy magazine, and the actual paper and inside is not crap paper. I mean, you must have went the distance on the paper, Jason, because I'm see that's not you know it looks like almost like book paper here, dude. Well, I I am you know this is the third magazine that I've done. Um, the other two were music magazines, but I've got a lot of. Um, I'm picky about the way that things come out. So, for example, I actually wanted to go with this kind of paper on the inside specifically. I wanted to go with an uncoated stock because I think the readability is a lot better and it's easier to turn the pages. You know, your your fingers can actually grip, grasp on it as opposed to the kind of uh, the slick, really glossy papers mm-hmm. where they, they reflect too much when you're trying to read them. Yeah. Um, so I picked one that was uh, – you could turn easily that, you know, that, that was nice and readable. But if you notice, the color actually looks really good mm. on all the color pages as well. Uh, yeah. I, I see a lot of the ads in the front are all bright, brilliant, beautiful color. 
Yeah, the way that the um, printing works is that they lay out the sheets on these big um, what they call signatures. So it's actually like 16 pages on a giant sheet of paper. And they, when they're printing it, that's how they do it. And then, of course, they fold them and cut them up and turn them into a magazine. But as a result, um, when you're choosing where the color is going to go, there's specific pages that it can go on. So we did only one of our signatures in color, meaning that the first eight pages and the last eight pages get to be in color. Oh. So that's... Which works out nicely because, you know, the comics are in the back and the ads mm-hmm. are in the front. Yeah, and speaking about comics, as we went over in the past, we got What's New with Phil and Dixie, and we have Water of the Stick, and of course, uh, the infamous Marvin the Mage. Yeah. Everybody loves these comics and are glad. Are we going to see maybe some more comics, different ones, in the next issue, or you can't reveal that information? Oh, no, no, no. I'll, I'll talk about this now. The only reason I really wasn't talking about things before is I felt like if there was too much speculation about the magazine before it came out, it would kind of lessen the experience of actually getting one in your hands. You know, if you'd already heard everything that was going to be in it and seen all the artwork and knew all the stuff, it's not as exciting, right? Um, but yeah, I, so we're going to have um, Order of the Stick. We've got a... Uh, I forget how many more issues. I think we've got five more um, that we're definitely signed up for from Rich, and then hopefully we'll be able to work a contract with them so that we can just keep on having them. But at least for another year, Order of the Stick will be in the magazine. Um, I'm hoping that Phil Foglio will keep on putting Phil and Dixie in. Uh, Sounds like he wants to, and I hope that he does. And Marvin the Mage, of course, is Jim Wampler's our art director, so I've got him chained to a radiator making these. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I'd like to see what he's going to come out with, too. Well, you know, Marvin the Mage um, also is online, obviously a different storyline. That's kind of the deal for all of these. Well, what's new, in Phil and, what's new with Phil and Dixie is exclusive to Gygax Magazine. You can only read it here. Right. Um, but obviously Order of the Stick is a webcomic that um, has its own storyline going on, and this is a alternate storyline for Gygax. And um, – same with Marvin the Mage. It's got the online storyline and it's got the alternate Gygax storyline. Hmm. Uh, one thing I was I didn't know about that you actually uh, got Wolfgang Bayer, Bang. Sorry, Bauer. I keep saying his name <laughs> wrong. Sorry about that, Wolfgang. Uh, to uh, submit an article for the Kobolds Cavern here. Well, actually, Wolfgang, um, rather than submitting an article, he's one of our editors. He oh, is he? the Kobolds Cavern editor. So if you if you uh, oh, turn to the pages that actually have that, which is um, starting with page 50, mm-hmm. um, you'll notice that the kobold, some of these pages are a slightly different color. They're like a light gray. Yeah. Um, all of those are Kobold's Cavern articles. Oh, I see what you did. You put kind yeah. of like a magazine inside of a magazine almost. Yeah, kind of like um, – well, you remember how like Dragon Magazine used to run Ares as yeah. a separate section? Yeah. Um, so what this is is it's stuff that um, – in this case, these are articles that were slated to run in Kobold Quarterly that Wolfgang had already uh, chosen. And he picked you know these articles to run in the Kobold's Cavern. And we're going to be continuing in that vein. So there will be a section in here called the Kobold's Cavern which is Wolfgang Bauer's section. He owns this. He edits it. Um, he decides what goes in. Oh, yeah. nice. Nice to see some Pathfinder stuff in here. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing is I really didn't have a lot of um, connections for people writing things like Pathfinder, and there's a couple of Dragon Age articles in here, um, and yeah. Wolfgang obviously does. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's really nice because he has his own editorial bent that I think serves as a really good um, – uh, 
counterweight to some of the things that we've got. So it, it all works together really nicely. Plus, we have some great articles by Tim Cask, Len Lakofka, uh, Ronald Korn, or the Ecology of the Banshee. Yep. Yep. Uh, really good stuff. Interesting article there. Uh, we Luke Gygax himself wrote an article, and as well, sure. as, I believe Ernie did too. Yes, Ernie did as well. Oh yeah, and Luke and Ernie will be you know writing in every issue. They're uh, co-publishers, so you know they were also involved with deciding what goes in and you know shaping the direction of the magazine. So uh, it's it's definitely a team effort. It's not you know. Well, you can. It's obviously not one guy doing this. No, obviously it's not. I'm kind of like the uh, the cheerleader or something, the conductor. You're the conductor. Oh, I see. Okay, you're the head cheerleader. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like <laughs> Sue Sylvester or something, right? That's it. And uh, I see uh, James Carpio. Is that how you pronounce his name? Uh, positive. Yep. I, I know he's yep. the uh, the coordinator of icons, I believe, and uh, uh, the Connecticut. Uh, Kineticon. Kineticon, thank you. Mm-hmm. I see he made his way into the magazine as well as not only a, a writer, but is also the uh, where is he? The games editor. So yeah, yeah. James and Jim are um, well, actually, James, Jim, and Tim Cask. They're all partners in TSR. Um, there's there's actually um, so TSR is myself, Ernie Gygax, Luke Gygax, Tim Cask, Jim Wampler, and James Carpia. We're all the partners. Um, and then Margaret Weiss is, our, is on our board of directors, and we're still kind of rounding out a few things um, around there as well. But yeah, so James um, is a partner in the company. He's the games editor for the magazine. Uh, you know, basically, there's no way that this magazine could get made without any of these people. If one of these people wasn't involved, it would be a significantly different situation. Um, and you know, I, one thing I want to call out too is that there's a mistake oh. in the. Um, in the masthead here, and that's that it's missing um, a very prominent name. And who uh, would that be? There's a name that should be right up at the top here, and that's Susan Silver, and that's our community manager. Uh, oh. She goes by Susie the Banshee online, and uh, you know nothing that we the, the the whole unboxing. She put that together. Uh, she's putting it to an event together in Los Angeles mm-hmm. next month, um, doing some stuff with. Oh heck, I forgot the name of the store. It's the one where they do the Nerdist. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um and and uh, uh I think maybe if I'm not wrong, I think Tabletop with Will Wheaton records there. Oh, okay. And I can't remember the name of the store, but I mean, Satine Phoenix is setting some stuff up. But anyways, the point is that Susan um, you know, runs our community and she kind of acts as the the voice for the magazine on Twitter and Facebook. And so her name should really be up at the top there. And I screwed up. <laughs> so. Well, there's your first errata for the magazine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then also, of course, here in New York and hopefully in other places, Tavis Allison is um, working as the events coordinator mm-hmm. um, in terms of actually set, setting up uh, gaming events and things like that. What I, one article I thought was really cool that uh, the first one that James did the cosmetology of role playing games, uh, I, I well, love just this. the cosmology, not the cosmetology. Oh, I'm sorry, that would be, yeah, I, that's I beauty school. <laughs> that's beauty school. Yeah, I read it too fast and I'm a dope. Anyway, <laughs> That'd be awesome though the cosmetology. Yeah, you learn how to paint. Yeah. <laughs> Here, here's the lipstick. Here's the mascara. <laughs> okay. Now uh, the the chart that you put together and you have all the games that came out of the center of the universe for Dungeons and Dragons. He just listed so many games. It's amazing. Some of them I've never even heard of, and some of them I have. You and... know, this article was a ton of work. Yeah. Um, both, and in, I mean, James put a ton of work into this, but so did um, 
there were two different editors that worked on this with him, Hanai Ko and, um, and Mary Lindholm, mm. and then Alyssa Faden, who did the actual cosmology map, the sort of almost a two-page spread here, um, and Jim Wampler both worked on this as well. And then, of course, I spent a lot of time uh, going over this with everybody. What we decided with this article is that we weren't going to try to do an absolute comprehensive list of every single game ever made or every role-playing game ever made Mm -hmm. because it's pretty much impossible. I mean it says in the article that that essentially if you try to make the absolute comprehensive list of anything, almost by definition you're going to leave something out. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean even the periodic table of the elements gets a new thing now and then, right? Yeah, obviously. But um, so what we did is James uh, kind of arranged these into what he's calling Alpha Prime, Beta Prime, and Gamma Prime, and he has this sort of overarching uh, view of how game design evolved since Dungeons and Dragons as different things come in. You know, and it's not a straight chronological line, and it's not you know nothing like this is ever perfectly clean. But it, it's really fun to just kind of look at these and see how they've grown over the years and kind of how these different design philosophies uh, get in there. Oh, wow. I didn't even notice Mazes and Perils made it in. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Nice. Anyway. I think one of the cool things about this is I'm kind of hoping we'll get a couple of uh, nerd rage letters, you know, of people explaining what we got wrong. Oh, well, you're going to get that no matter what you do. Yeah, exactly. So I'm like, you know what? We're totally going to get somebody being like, this is not belong in that section and these don't go together the way you said. And I completely disagree with your clarif- – with your you know, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That should uh, be well, let's help them out with an email address so they can contact you at Gygax Magazine, Jason. Well, anybody can write to us at gin at Gygax Magazine and it's spelled D-J-I-N-N. D-J-I-N, That's kind of, okay. Yeah, like, you know, like a genie. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Check your monster manual. Um, <laughs> what's, but, uh, the reason, what's the but, yeah, reasoning so behind that one? Gin that does that, but also it's probably best to even just go to Facebook or uh, Twitter and find us there as well. So, what's the uh, story behind the email address? Was just something you picked, or? Mm-hmm. No? Oh. Yeah, I just wanted to have a fun email address <laughs> that would be hard to spell. So anyway, I, this, I love this map. I love this, how it's put out, um, how it does everything, and just so many games in here. Icons, G-Core, Capes, Fate, Black Crusade. I mean, there's just so many here. You can sit here for probably a half hour and just to look at them all. You know, what I really want to do is either do this as a poster or actually maybe even go one step further and see if we can get super crazy completist, you know, with a big, like, wall-sized poster of Literally everything we can come up with. That's going to be a big poster, Jason. <laughs> well, um, we're going to do – I mean we haven't uh, set this up yet, but I think uh, we're going to do a Kickstarter after GaryCon. Right. Um, because you know, th- this is the kind of thing I think we wanted to float this first issue out there and see how people received it if they liked it. And we're getting a lot of good feedback and also a lot of constructive criticism. I mean, I don't want to make it sound like everybody thinks this is perfect because there's a lot of things people would like to see differently. And I want to hear more of that because it's really important that we make a magazine that people um, feel you know, represents the gaming community. Um, but anyways, in order to do something like this and to really turn it into something that can come out um, – Regularly, I mean, this year we can do every quarter. We're set to make sure we get four issues coming out this year. But I'd really like to be able to turn this into something that comes out 
every other month or maybe even someday every month. And that means mm. you know, being able to infuse a little bit of capital into it so it can really become a thing. So we'll do a Kickstarter uh, a little later in this year. And that's one of the things that I was thinking would be a cool uh, reward would be one of these posters, you know, a complete cosmology of, of gaming. Yeah, that would actually be a great uh, reward. I'm sure you guys will set some pretty good levels on the Kickstarter for people who will donate money. Yeah, you really got to get these right because I've heard a lot of stories from people who didn't plan their Kickstarter as well as they should have. Yeah. You know, like, you know, you got to pay taxes on that when it comes in, and a lot of people don't plan for that. Um, there's the cost of all the rewards themselves. You need to make sure you set your stretch goals so that if people, so that if you meet your goal, there's something cool, you know, waiting at the next level. Uh, and you just got to be really super prepared for everything. I mean, just like with any business, I mean, you just, you need to make certain that you've, you know, measure twice, cut once. Oh, and definitely the best, I mean, not the best, the most important thing about Kickstart is update everybody as much as you possibly can. Exactly. You've got to have someone who's just completely focused on that Kickstarter and making sure that people are getting communicated with and that the rewards are ready to go and, you know, that you can do what you say you're going to do. Because, you know, a lot of people, I think, used Kickstarter early on without really being prepared or being professional enough about it. And it's very important to me that we act very professionally and that we, you know, treat everybody right. Definitely. Some of the uh, little ads in here I was enjoying too. Like I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, other world miniatures, the human male characters pack that they have for the 28 millimeter pewter gamer miniatures. Oh yeah. I've seen these. They're really cool. Yeah. I'm looking forward to those coming out. Uh, I'm so there's soon. a lot of good yeah. miniatures ads in here. Um, so, so that kind of uh, made me happy. Just in general, I was I was very happy with the advertisers that we got because um, when I read a gaming magazine, I really like to see the ads if they're relevant, you know, because I learn I learn about new things that way. It's different from when you pick up, I don't know, a Sports Illustrated or something, you know, where the ads are. I don't know. I've never read a Sports Illustrated. But <laughs> I don't know why I picked that magazine, but you know, a magazine know. where the ads are just kind of like getting in your way. Um, like whereas people? here, we want to make sure that we pick advertisers that actually have interesting stuff people care about so that it becomes you know also enjoyable to read now one article i was glad to see you added in here was uh gaming with virtual tabletop right and we made an announcement um on the day of the unboxing that roll 20 is the official virtual tabletop of tsr which is probably no not probably is the best software on the net to use for tabletop gaming virtual tabletop gaming but absolutely my that's only why, i mean i that's why i chose it i understand that and they're cool and i appreciate that you chose a good one but my only complaint is i wish you would have compared to other ones for people out there maybe yeah, there'll be a follow-up article i think we could do something like that i mean at this point it might be um it might be kind of weird because if i'm being perfectly honest if we did run a side-by-side -side between uh, Roll20 and some of the others that are out there, it would come out better. And since we've already announced that that's the official virtual tabletop of TSR, it would look kind of weird if we were like, yeah, and by the way, all those others are not as good. It'd almost be more like an ad, you know? Uh, I, I didn't mean more on that line. More on the lines of his experience with the other software, like how oh, he went okay. over through Roll20, and he's like, this is the this, this to this, but and then he went, okay, now switching over to, I'm not going to name anything because the sponsor, it's just blah 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 software and while i played this software we were able to do this and that not actually comparing it just his experience with it just so people get an idea of what is available compared to and let them make their own decisions 
Sure. Yeah. You know, um, we don't do any online content right now, but hopefully yeah. uh, this is part of why we'd like to do a Kickstarter because, again, doing things like a blog require require a real staff and everything. Well, but it would yeah. be nice to have – to be able to put that kind of stuff as online content as well. Yeah, you can have some uh... – some articles online, much how like uh, what is D twenty Radio does with their Gamer Nation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, th- I think it'd be really nice to do that. But you know, I want to just kind of emphasize that right now, even though there's you know a fairly decent group of people doing this, a great team of people put together doing this, we're all doing this, you know, in our spare time. Basically, we all have jobs, well, yeah. and uh, you know the. This is something we want to build up, and I want to be really careful that we only take on as much as we can chew right. you know, so that we do a good job with each one. Well, obviously, you don't want to take up too much time and not well, do it. Well, it's easy to get over your head. Yeah. It's easy to you know set your sights high and you know probably be capable of doing it theoretically, but then the truth is you just – You've got to. You've got to have at some point. Somebody has to be getting paid to work on it so that they can focus 100% and make it come out. And you know whether you're talking about the blog or the or the magazine or um, other products or, or or events or whatever. Right, and then we have the future of tabletop gaming, which is a great article. I love that graphic. Uh, the, the graphic, the artist, a rendition of the kid in 1979 opening up the first box. <laughs> And then it just like squiggles, like the do 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 thing. And in 2012, there he is playing with his uh, adult friends. He kind of looks mean, though. <laughs> he looks mean. <laughs> Look at his face. Uh, I think he's probably just rolled some ones is probably what happened. Probably, yeah. But, yeah, that's um, Ryan Browning is the artist on that one. And uh, he did a couple other pieces in here. Um, we got I, – I can't even begin to say how happy I am with the artists that we got for this. Um, you know, and again, that's all down to Jim Wampler just being a great art director. Is the guy in the beard supposed to be uh, Ed Greenwood? <laughs> no, I don't oh, think it's supposed okay. to be anybody. I mean, that'd be cool. If it was him then, like like a little Easter egg in there about him or something. <laughs> yeah, no, the um, I, I don't think he's meant to be anybody. There's, of course, there's there's one picture in here that is meant to be somebody, and that's in t- in Tim Cask's article. You can see Tim behind his DM screen. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the artist did a pretty good job capturing Tim and capturing the looks of horror on his players' faces as they all die. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And then we have a nice article on the past of D&D, D&D Now, and then some information about D&D Next. Oh, so, yeah, this is really cool. Michael Tresca, um, I actually named this article. I think he had named it Adaption Decay before, but I felt that it was more clarifying to say this is you know past, now, and next. Um, what this is, it's not really anything specific about D&D Next um, so much as it is talking about the fact that, you know, D&D Next is backwards compatible, you know, meaning that you can go and use stuff from any of the previous editions with it. But right. in order to do it, I mean, obviously you have to do some conversion, but what Michael Tresca did is he really um, did a good job explaining what you have to do beyond just converting the numbers in terms of understanding some of the design philosophies between the different editions right. and uh, you know how you can you know when when you're thinking about one don't just take uh you know the, the the number of hit points something has and and just up it or lower it as the case may be but actually think about how that particular monster might have been designed and how you need to use it differently um now 
Well, right. If you're obviously the uh, you know what you would do with the newer edition, if you see something you like in the newer edition, try to find something very similar to it in the original edition you're playing, and work based on that. Or you know, take the advice in the article here. Yeah, it's 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 really good. It's it's really helpful. Um, and you know, the thing I'm I'm actually one of the things I'm happiest with. It's no, it's totally wrong. I'm happy with everything. But one of the but but one of the meatiest things, how about that? The biggest article. Never mind which I'm happiest with, but the biggest article. So we have this thing called Nat Damp, which is a uh, yes. adventure setting. Yes. And it's system neutral. You know, works it'll work with any fantasy system. And it's a city in the swamp, you know, this great sort of uh outpost of den of thieves and brigands and ne'er do wells. Uh and it's really fun. Yeah, I was just looking at that map. It looks very well done. Hmm. Yeah, and you know, we'll, hopefully, we'll be able to uh, improve every issue. You know, r- really, uh, you know, keep on upping the quality, and hopefully, the page count as well. I, I just wonder. Uh, speaking about the uh, quality and the articles, I, after the last time you we were on the show, did you get a lot of emails and letters of people saying, "Oh, I have an article for you, Jason," or "I have this article," or? Yeah, in fact. That's one of the biggest uh, questions we're getting right now is where's our submission guidelines? Yes. So um, we're writing those up right now. And in the meantime, if anybody wants to submit, the best thing to do is to just come up with a description of the article they want to do and some links to or examples of published writing they already have. Uh, Mm -hmm. But basically we're looking for articles that can be about any game system. You know, we're not just a role-playing game magazine. We cover – well, it's it's very role-playing heavy in our first issue, but, you know, we're going to be covering board games, war games, skirmish games, strategy, that type of stuff as well nice. if there's enough to write an article about. Yeah, I would definitely like to see uh, maybe an article written on, say, Dungeon Command, for example, the Wizard of the Coast uh, mini war game, strategic war game. That would be cool. Yeah, that would be interesting to see. Something that has, like, some alternate rules or some... Yeah, maybe you know, some house play rules. Because I enjoy yeah, playing I know that. in our next one, like, uh, Tim Kask has done an article on samurai battles. Oh, nice. Yeah, so that'll be really cool. So you heard uh, it first there, a sneak little preview of what we'll be coming yeah. up. Yeah, I'll be a lot less circumspect about, if that's the right word, um, secretive, maybe, uh, for for about, you know, future... Issues, like I said, the only reason I was being pretty tight-lipped about this one is just I just wanted to not over-talk it before it was done. Well, yeah, you don't want to give out too much in case you had to change something. I understood about that. Yeah, and and the same thing with not taking order pre-orders or anything, which is just I just don't. It didn't feel right taking people's money before something was finished. You know. Like you, you just you want to be able to guarantee that by the time you take someone's money, you're going to turn around and give them something for it. That you're not going to be sitting on it for, you know, six months or something. Yeah, some great articles in here. I mean, I'm really impressed with the magazine, and I'm happy that it's going to be around for at least this year until you guys decide what to do for the new year. Well, you know, if if people like it uh, and they keep buying it, then we'll keep making it. It's really as simple as that. And a few people did ask. Um, well, you know, a print magazine, right? Yeah. That's. Are we going to really be able to stick around as a print magazine? Do we have a business model that's going to allow us to stick around? Which I was pretty uh, complimented by or flattered by the question that people – because they were saying, look, I want this to stick around. Is it going to? Um, th- the answer is that if you do a print magazine and do print only, 
in 2013 and that's your whole business, you probably won't. Mm-hmm. But um, the magazine will be available in uh, PDF as well as um, iPad versions, mm-hmm. maybe a Kindle Fire version. I'm not sure if oh. PDF is not enough for that. Um, so there will be digital versions of it, and we have other plans down the line for additional um, products. So as long as uh, the magazine – basically the print magazine will always do a print version even if it's not the thing that's making the most money just because – I love print. I love being able to have a physical copy to to set on my shelf for later. And um, so even if it's a little bit of a loss leader over the years, we're not going to ditch it. We're going to stick with print in addition you know, to the other things. So do we have an estimated date when we could see a PDF or that's still on being talked about right now? No, no. It'll be um, – so you'll be able to get PDFs uh, at DriveThruRPG. Oh, okay. Good. And that's going to start on February 7th. Oh, okay. Great. Yep, uh, just I just wanted to give everybody with the print magazine a chance to get theirs first because I felt that was more fair. Um, and then the people who bought the print magazine, I'm working on a method of delivering the PDF to them for free. So oh, when you buy nice. the print magazine, you will get a digital version for free. Oh, well, that's very nice. Um, it just seems like the standard. You know, a lot of people have given their two cents on it. It seemed like the standard way to do it. That's, yeah, um, Paizo seems to be doing with their products right now. Yeah, I just have to work out like the logistical issues. You know, how do we ensure that the person getting the PDF is the person who bought the magazine, etc. Um, that shouldn't take too long to figure out. Um, and then the other thing we have to figure out is how to get the magazine into the newsstand on iOS, which um, will probably take us several weeks because you have to go through getting set up with Apple and everything. Ah, I see what you're saying. Okay. Hmm. So, you know, everything takes a little while. Do we have a, a price for the PDF yet or that's still the same? Um, no, I haven't really set the PDF price yet. I'm thinking like 4.95. I have to just mm-hmm. kind of look at what other people sell similar things for and just try to be fair. Right, understood. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to knock it down too much or that you're not going to gain any profit. I mean, you need to gain some profit to make the business successful. People have yep. to understand that. Welcome to capitalism. <laughs> That's how it works. But, uh, but, but yeah, um, we'll we'll get that worked out. I mean, I'll listen to people's feedback and everything. But I mean, I think you know, four or five dollars is a pretty fair price. So okay, so anything else about issue two that you might want to give a sneak preview about? Um, you know, if I had everything up on the wall here, I would. <laughs> <laughs> but I still have to erase the issue one stuff off the wall, so it's all sitting in a notebook, and I'd probably get something wrong. Understood. So. Well, at least we have the little sneak preview of the Tim Cast article about the samurai uh, battles. Yep. Yep. We we have another um, uh, piece from Ernie Gygax. That we, he had two articles in this first issue, um, and we moved one of them to the second issue just because I ran out of space. Um, okay. So we have one called um, "In Between the Dungeons." It's kind of about adventuring. Uh, in between your adventures. Oh, interesting. So there's that. And uh, there will be a, a lot of great art in it again. And we still haven't chosen our cover painting yet. We're actually getting the whole year's worth of cover painting set up, um, looking at some really good artists. So um, I don't want to say who because I don't want to get – not because I'm being secretive, but just because I don't want to get it wrong <laughs> and name somebody who we end up not using or leave somebody out that we are. <laughs> but they're all really good. Well, that's great. 
Uh, so is there anything else from TSR that might be in the works that you can talk about, or TSR is going to be strictly Gygax magazine right now? Well, nothing I can talk about right now, just because keeping to the same thing as before bringing out the magazine, I didn't want to talk that up. So until we have stuff firmed up, I don't want to really um, talk it up. We're going to be good to see if TSR does some maybe board games or card games. It'll be interesting to see what happens. Guess we're all going yeah, to have we to wanna, you know, we'll, we'll try to surprise people. But, um, you know, we've got, like I said, a lot of good people that are involved, uh, you know, both in the magazine and other ways, you know, so hopefully we'll be able to you know, do things in the right spirit. Well, that's awesome. Is it, have you had any time to yourself to play any games at all? Yeah, actually, I have. Oh. Um, I've been over playing with uh, Stefan. So I mentioned Dwarven Forge. Yes. He has he started a really cool campaign. Uh, it's in the, he's doing this in the bar in, in the basement of a bar in Bushwick in Brooklyn. Nice uh, bar, bar called Tutus, and they've got this really cool basement that's like a dungeon on its own. You, there's like a sliding door that you have. There's like basically it looks like the wall, and you kind of slide the wall aside to get to the stairs to the basement. So it's already like a secret door. And you go down the stairs, and there's Stefan down there, and he's got smoke machines and you know like lasers nice. and candles and. Uh, music going on and he's got sound effects and everything and he set up a huge table of like all his best dwarven forge stuff and he's dming and uh so we did the we did the first uh first um night of the campaign last week it's going on every tuesday and the cool thing is that the players he's got like there's like 10 players in the group and the players are kind of split between People who have played other editions, people who play – he's doing first edition AD&D. Um, it's split between people who have played other editions, people who are old school gamers, and at least half of the players at the table had never played any role-playing game ever. Mm, wow, okay. They were all like people that had seen his flyers in a bar that said, learn to play D&D. And so it was so cool because, you know, seeing how people who have never done this before kind of understand it and how they take to it, and they were just – like having a blast, you know. So I'm going to really enjoy this campaign. Uh, awesome! You have to you have to send me an email once in a while and tell me how it's going. Maybe take some pictures so we can see it online. Yeah, I stuck a couple of pictures on my Facebook page that you can see. Um, other people yeah. can't because they're not my friends. But <laughs> um, uh oh, they will be now. <laughs> but uh, but but we'll put some. The website for Gygax Magazine right now is just one page with the video mm-hmm. of the unboxing and then, you know, the store to buy the magazines. We're putting together the full website and it'll have, you know, links to maybe we'll keep a Tumblr or something so we can put pictures like that up. Oh, that'd be interesting to see. All right, so com is the website. You can go there and get their uh, contact information, which is uh, the, that Twitter, uh, twitter.com, Gygax Magazine, and facebook.com slash Gygax Magazine as well. Pretty predictable. <laughs> yeah, pretty predictable. And uh, you can review the viewer here, which I'm looking at the video. It seems to be looking well. I can't wait to watch the rest of it now. There's a buy now button, which will bring you directly to the store that you had set up. And that's pretty much the website, like you said. Pretty simple, one page. Yeah, that's all it is right now. I mean, we're not going to get too complicated with it. We'll put up the submission guidelines, advertising guidelines. And, you know, like I said, maybe we'll make a Tumblr so we can put up 
photos and stuff. Um, I think we should put up a con schedule as well as in terms of like where we'll be. Yeah, um, that'd different be cons idea. for the year. Yeah, that may be a good idea. Where you know meet the meet the staff at whatever con or we'll be attending this con. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. Because yeah, because like different people will be at different things. Like Tim and James and I are going to be at Total Con mm-hmm. uh, in a couple weeks, and then um, of course Gary Con's coming up. Right. I know Tim's going down for the what's the Texas one called again? Uh, North Texas RPG Con. Yep, that's the one. He'll be there for that. Right. Um, obviously Gen Con. Although I didn't get a hotel room this year. <laughs> Luckily, I found an apartment. So I've, I've got an apartment only half a mile away from the well, that's, that's good. I still have the uh, Omni booked for that if I can go. Hopefully, I'll be well, able to Well, if you give it up, tell me first because being closer would be cool. You got um, it. Thanks. <laughs> but uh, it'd be better if you just showed up so we could like hang out and game together. Yeah, it's been, been a while. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so, so we should put up a con calendar once we figure all that out uh, hopefully you'll be getting orders from the uh, reaper mini store and uh, here in texas because i was there this weekend and i brought the magazine in to uh, show the uh, owners of the store just so they can get a little sneak preview of what it looks like oh, cool cool and they and they were quite happy so hopefully they went and either purchased or already had purchased a uh, subscription to get some magazines from you Oh, you know what? That's a good point. Um, I've had people ask about this as well from stores hmm. because you know we're not really set up to sell directly to stores, so we have a distributor that's going to be handling that. Oh, okay. um, you know, a few people have asked about it, and I think it's worth kind of mentioning because mm-hmm. I don't want to upset anybody when they say, "Can I buy you know twenty for my store?" And I say no <laughs> because they can. They can definitely buy twenty for the store, but there's a company called ACD that does the distribution. And we'll put that info on the site as well. But um, most game stores, well, every game store works with them already. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but basically the thing is, you know, we get the magazine in these big boxes, you know, like 80 magazines to a box. And then I don't have anything to ship smaller amounts in. I'd have to, like, you know, get boxes and get them packed and do all this stuff. And then worst of all, I'd have to keep track of which stores we sell to. And basically it's a full-time job. I've <laughs> – I've run a, distri- a magazine distributor for back in the early 90s. Um, my friend Paul and I ran a magazine distribution together, and we ended up having to hire somebody full-time just to handle it. So oh, wow. we're going to just let ACD, who is much better at this than we would ever be, handle it so that we don't screw up and you know fail to get magazines to someone in time or something stupid like that. Hmm. It's hard work. All right, so you can contact him, obviously, at DJINN, or is it just one N? Two Ns, Jin. At GygaxMagazine.com, directly. Mm-hmm. Uh, who would be responding from that email address, you or? Uh, whoever is uh, has time. So Susan and I man the, or person, the email address. <laughs> <laughs> we populate, we, we, we yeah, helmet, yeah. I don't know what we do. <laughs> but, yeah, we're, we're the ones that are most likely to be answering stuff from there. Well, good. Well, thank you for coming on the show here and just sitting with me just to chat about the magazine, Jason. Yeah, thanks for having. I'm glad you like it. Thank you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I enjoy the magazine, and we'd like to hear from you again. So, you know, you're always welcome to come back and sit in on the show and and just you know tell people off like you did in the past. <laughs> awesome. Cool. <laughs> people, we got a good response the last time you we were on the show when you were kind of almost battling it out with DM Will in uh, certain situations. Was so, I? Yeah, you. I don't think you you did it on purpose, but a lot of people enjoyed it though. The banter between you and Will. So nice. 
Anyway, GygaxMagazine.com for more information. And if you could find Jason personally, contact him. I'm not going to give that information out because that'd be <laughs> very wrong of me. <laughs> Here's his current GPS coordinates. Yes, and you could find him in New York if you can, you know, find him in New York. <laughs> He's already given away certain places, so hunt him down. No, I'm kidding. There you go. Just go to the Brooklyn Strategist. I'll probably be there. Are you still part of the, the, uh, the Red Box Society anymore, or is that gone? Oh, um, yeah, so there's the Red Box uh, gaming group that does a lot of OD&D, and that's you know, Tavis and a group of other people that I try to play with when I can. Mm. You know, we've actually got a lot of good uh, gaming groups going on here. There's Nerd NYC that runs Recess, mm. and that's actually – I want to make a call out, a shout-out to them because John and Terry, who run that, were really um, helpful and supportive as we were getting uh, the launch party ready. And – they also did a cool um, video review of the magazine that is – I think we put a link to it on our Twitter page. Um, so that was really nice of them. But yeah, they run Recess, which happens three times a year, and it's like a little mini – like a one-day mini convention. Um, so I did get to get some gaming in there. I played um, this Hollow Earth game that was really fun. Um, yeah, I'm looking at yeah, your, your Twitter There's right tons now. of stuff. I don't see anything here. Uh, maybe it's on our Facebook. I don't know. Could be. It's on the Twitter book or the face or whatever. The face thing, MySpace face or something? I don't know. Yeah, many books of face of many books. <laughs> will we book be seeing a Gygax magazine on MySpace? No, I'm kidding. Anyway. Yes, actually. No, you will. <laughs> oh, really? Absolutely. No, I already have an account set up there. I just haven't done anything with it yet. Uh, it's on the new MySpace, not the existing one. Oh, that's right. The, uh, the old one. I mean the new one that you the- invited us to, yes. Yeah, no, the new MySpace is actually really cool. It's ridiculous how cool this thing is. It's all based around music, so we're not going to put our regular stuff on there. I'm just going to use it to make a bunch of music suggestions that role players should listen to. That sounds awesome. Well, I guess that's going to conclude the uh, special insert number four for volume number three, as we're going to keep those dice rolling, and I don't know. See you later, guys. Okay, thanks. Bye. Roll for initiative.